Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. Chula Vista, the home of Three Punk Ales. It is also the home of Golsh that we recommend you go drink while listening to this podcast. Darren, what is up? Yes, please keep the pictures coming of you guys also out and about and recognizing Three Punk Ales and ordering a Golsh. We appreciate that. We do love that. I think we try to put those pictures up on Instagram. So if you find yourself out and about, if you planned a trip to either go to Three Punk Ales itself, or if you plan a trip to go to a bar and you randomly come across Three Punk Ales and come across Golsh, be sure to tag us, tag Three Punk Ales. We would appreciate that. Jordan, I'm good. Thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate in the United States. And I point that out because this is an international podcast. Yeah, Europa lives on on Thanksgiving Day. Europa does live on, so that is great. If you don't want to get up and watch NFL football, you can get up and you could watch Europa League. Congrats, Arsenal fans. As a matter of fact, didn't I read that Manchester United, where Manchester United is going, has created such a demand for tickets in a 30-something thousand person stadium that they've had over 300,000 requests for tickets wherever it is that Manchester United is playing in Europa League this week. That was about Manchester United? Correct. I thought that was the request for the locals here in San Diego, and oh, now that membership is open. It's close. It's flowing, baby! We it are is close. That yeah. is a significant amount of tickets being... Yeah, I'll try to look it up when you get rolling on something here, but uh, just to set the scene for everybody, it's about 9.50 on Wednesday morning. Chelsea is getting set to take on Valencia in Champions League action within five minutes. Oh, boy. Barca in a couple of hours, is getting set to take on Borussia Dortmund at Camp Nou in Spain. So uh, we won't spend a ton of time here. Congratulations to the clubs who have already qualified for the round of 16, Jordan. Yes. But we're getting real-time reaction here. How are you feeling, Chelsea, in Valencia? Your group is, gosh almighty, it is just there's no difference from... Ajax to Valencia to Chelsea. Everybody's on seven points right now. How are you feeling here with minutes to go? Valencia, Chelsea, which they just put up on TNT in front of us here in the studios of iHeartRadio. All right. Well, I'm about to check the starting lineups for Chelsea. We'll see if Pulisic is in the starting lineup. Last time these two clubs played, it did not go very well for Chelsea at uh, Stamford Bridge. We'll see if it's better in Spain. I can't imagine it's going to be much better for them on the road in that environment. But if you're right, you look at the tables in Champions League and you can start with Group A and you know the two teams already through in Group A. PSG are through. Mm -hmm. Real Madrid are through. In Group B, you know Munich and Tottenham are through. Those are the two. And then you look at the group that Chelsea are in. It's one of the few groups remaining in Champions League where you kind of have three teams fighting for two spots where the rest of the groups, it seems like we're pretty much down to, is it going to be one or two? Who's going to finish first or second? We know who the two teams will be, but it's a completely different story in Group H with Chelsea, Valencia, and Ajax all at seven points. I don't feel great. I really don't feel great. Uh, Last time we discussed this, last time we did a podcast on a Champions League day, Darren, Uh, We were actually recording during a Chelsea Champions League match. And I told you, I think that Chelsea will be on the outside looking in. I think they're going to finish third for some reason in this group. I'm going to stick with that. I'm not expecting a win at Valencia today. Maybe a point. Maybe a point. This is a better Chelsea side than the Chelsea side that played Valencia at Stamford Bridge weeks ago. They have improved. And uh, we'll see how much they have improved. But they are coming out of the tunnels right now in this one. And the environment looks amazing. And uh, tell me about Valencia. Is yeah, this a good team at home or what? Uh, well, it's you know they've they've been uh, they've been a little bit of a mess here since they had a very successful end 
to their 2018-2019 campaign. But this is a tough place to play. This is the Mestaya. It's one of the steepest. I think it is. I think it might be the steepest seating section in all of Europe. Meaning, it looks like a ski slope. It comes straight down. It's even sharper than 45 degrees. People talk about getting vertigo at the stadium all the time. So I know that the atmosphere is going to be great. They've not been on good form at all. I think they're actually in the bottom half of the table in La Liga, which is saying something because La Liga is just. It's very competitive at the top. One through ten in La Liga, Jordan, is separated by only eight points from Barcelona to Levante, I want to say, or to Valencia. So, you know, they're they're sort of hanging around mid-table here. They've undergone some managerial changes, I think, even since the last time that Chelsea saw them. So mm. I don't, you know, they're, they're sort of hit and miss here, but we'll see. I mean, that's a it's a crazy place to play. It's one of the signature spots in not only all of Spain, but in all of Europe, for me, one of the more underrated places that you can go. You know, it's not Camp No, it's not the Bernabeu, et cetera. It's just a crazy place to go and play. So they're going to be super fired up. They're showing Chelsea fans right now. Um, but this is not this is not a, a, a world-class year for La Liga as somebody who's watched a lot of it. So um, well, Darren- I, I, think you, I think a point is very possible for Chelsea today. Over in England, there is a club called Sheffield Wednesday that is like currently in the top six. Yeah. So things aren't exactly going great in England either. Um, Pulisic was was walking with the starters, so I'm going to go ahead and assume, even though I haven't officially seen the lineup, that Pulisic is actually starting in this one. So that is uh, that is good news and confirmed. There he is, William. Well, we'll say. I mean, again, maybe it's, he scores the winner, Darren. Who knows? I well, listen. I, I, I mean, I, I think you sort of have to pull for your leagues at times like this because it means more money coming into the pot. How dare you? I'm sorry. It's Pulisic. I get it. I'm not saying I don't want him to be successful, but hey, you know, you mentioned Group H is tied there, seven point seven point seven points. Your group is wild. I will tell you too, Group F, if Barca it needs three, needs three today. Not even a draw is good enough for Barca at home against Dortmund. So again, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because by the time people listen to this podcast, we'll already know what the results are. But Barca sitting on eight, Dortmund right behind him at seven, Inter Milan, which is taking on Prague today, Slavia Prague, they're sitting on four. So, you know, a draw doesn't do much for him if you map it out, if you do the math on it, and I'm going to just rely on my own poor mathematics skills, but they need three in order to advance, and they've not been on good form either. Barca's the league leader, top of the table, this is... This is this is a very boring Barca side to me, Jordan. It sort of feels like one of those messy dependencia type <laughs> matches where it's just like, hey, F- Leo, can you st- you're going to win the Ballon d'Or on Monday? Can you save us? You know, can you just do something special today? Because Barca's been in really, really poor form, and I know our Bundesliga correspondent Tim Stoops and I were texting back and forth, and he's really, really down on Dortmund today. I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I, I will tell you this: If Barca loses today, or if Barca draws today, I will tell. I don't think they're going through to the round of sixteen. Well, a win today for Barca does guarantee them to advance to the knockout stages of Champions League. Barca is one of the few teams left in Champions League without a loss, so that is something. That is saying a little a, bit. With of something. a plus two goal differential, though, they have not impressed at all through the first what four four goals game, in four uh, matches four match days yeah four goals in four matches for barcelona yep but you've and only allowed two and their run of form is just not impressed at all even in la liga so i'm i'm a nervous nelly here today barca without a loss in champions league napoli also 
Juve, no losses, and uh, Manchester City, Bayern Munich, the other two as well. Yep. Six clubs through. Ten more to go. Ten more to go. The final group's being played. Uh, so we'll have another match to go in Champions League before we get to the knockout stages. But that's what's going on right now. We're sitting in the middle of the iHeart Studios, and we have televisions all around us. And uh, we have Chelsea and Valencia just kicking off with Christian Pulisic starting. What else is on your mind, Darren? It's been a wild week a wild week in our region because uh, Club Tijuana have made another move. People constantly mock my club for making managerial moves every other month. Have you seen what Club Tijuana has done for the past couple of years? Uh, they make another move. Oscar, Oscar Pareja is out today. Well, yesterday officially. Do you know what today is, though, Darren? What is today? Today's Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. I don't know what today is. Today is the one-year anniversary of Club Tijuana announcing Oscar oh. Pareja to be their manager. How about that? So he made it 365 days but not 366. And I guess it looks like Orlando City for him. He's going to go back to Major League Soccer. So I, he's out, and Cholos do this all the time? All the time. This is something they do constantly. I don't know what's coming next. I know that there is a rumor that is floating out there. And uh, as a total coincidence, I started watching a documentary on Netflix called Maradona in Mexico about Diego Maradona. And I've highly recommended it to Jordan, Alex Padilla in our WhatsApp chat. I've sent them screenshots from some of the more entertaining moments. If anybody out there, whether you like Argentina or Dorados or just like documentaries, it's a seven-part series. It's available on Netflix. It came out about two weeks ago, Maradona in Mexico, where he took over the managerial duties for this second division club, Dorados of Sinaloa, right there in Culiacan, which, you know, if you know anything about Maradona and you know about his history and you know about his substance abuse, his cocaine use, you're like, he's going to the heart of the cocaine trade. Like, this is the, this is the cocaine mecca. This is El Chapo. Cocaine FC. And he's smack dab in the middle of it. And everybody's like, what's going on here? Like, is he just coming to party for a couple of seasons? But you know, it's about how he takes this club. I don't want to spoil it for people who don't follow second division Mexican soccer, which I'm guessing is the majority of people who are listening. But it's about him as the manager of this club. And I, I started thinking about parallels with Landon Donovan managing a second division USL club in the United States. Not the you know the other stuff, the off the field stuff. But it's just about like how he connects with players inside of the dressing room. It's an amazing documentary. I hope everybody enjoys it. You have a long weekend. You can rifle through these seven episodes. They're usually about 25, 30 minutes or so. But it's it's incredible access to Maradona. Now, there's another HBO documentary about him, which is getting rave reviews. I've seen a little bit of it. I don't get HBO, but I saw it in a hotel two weeks ago. So there are two different things going on with Maradona. Two different ones, right. This uh, the, the, the HBO one, my understanding, is more about Maradona, the player, and his time at Napoli. But again, I don't know that that's a fair representation of it. This is about Maradona and his time in Sinaloa and Culiacan in particular, and just his connection to this players. It's an, it's an, I've never seen anything like it. I, and I, I guess I'm, I have a bit of a blind spot for Maradona. Usually, whenever I talk about Diego Armando Maradona, it's because he's ripping Messi. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, old man, why don't you just put a sock in it? You know, <laughs> like, or he's or acting he, the fool at the World Cup. Right. Or he's flipping people off at the World Cup. Right. And, you know, he's got some edge to him. I mean, he's, he's a pretty vulgar guy, but man, his players absolutely love 
love him. And some of the players, Jordan, you and I know, we've interviewed Rubio Rubin, who played for Dorados, Fernando Arce Jr., who's now with Cholos. He played for Diego Maradona. So, And there's ownership overlap, too, with Dorados and Cholos. So, again, it's just a rumor. I wouldn't expect it to happen. But Cholos, every once in a while, every couple of years, it feels like they do something big. They bring in Piojo. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Piojo's a good example there. And and Maradona is managing in Argentina, so he's his time is it's not going great, and the president left, and there's all sorts of issues there just from looking this up in advance of this podcast. But just it's floating out there that for that perhaps Diego Maradona, who's managed at Cholos, remember Dorados came up and played an exhibition match at Estadio Caliente. But gosh almighty, can you imagine? Well, can you I imagine mean, if on both sides of the border we had Landon Donovan managing one club and Diego Maradona on the other side? Oh, just, I can't even take that. Just a couple miles away from each other. Oh, you schedule that friendly. Like, you've got to schedule that friendly. That would be, uh, I mean, unbelievable to think about that. Uh, the chair that he brings to manage on the field is amazing. Yeah. And I hope that would come to Tijuana. I would assume that that chair, and if anyone has not seen this, I recommend you Google it. It won't take very long. But Maradona, he actually managed a few matches. I don't know if it was every single match. but No, I think ha- it was physically. He had so such bad arthritis right. in his knees that he just he could barely stand. I mean, he, he hobbles all across the facility. But then they figures don't have out- a bench? Uh, be, they like bring him a throne, Darren. It, a it's throne, pretty yeah. extravagant. It's not like, hey, here's this fold-up chair that we found behind the bench. It's God. It's a golden throne that looks like it, com- it came from Game of Thrones, really. So if that comes to TJ, I'm in favor. But they do have an opening. They do. And it would not be the first time that Club Tijuana went out and made a big splash to get a manager. Right. It wouldn't be the first time. And it was a total coincidence that I just happened to find myself Friday night at home, wife out of town, started watching the Diego uh, Maradona in Mexico. And then a couple of days later, I was like, yeah, you know, his name's still out there potentially for Cholos. I was like, oh, okay. Well, wouldn't that be interesting? Again, I just keep thinking about the friendly between SD Loyal and Cholos and Landon Donovan and Diego Maradona. Like what a picture that would be. Like what a like a like what a picture that would be these two legends, the best, one of the best that their country ever produced, managing against one another, two different countries, two different. I mean that's that's football right there. Yeah, that would be uh, Watch quite the documentary the though. The documentary is just it's fantastic. So Netflix has one and HBO has one, but they're two very completely different documentaries. Uh, Oscar Pereja. Officially out. Club Tijuana made this official. They had the announcement. So um, his two seasons, technically one full year, two seasons in Mexico. Uh, the first first time around, he allowed 36 goals, 20 goals the, the second time. Like defense improved, but no Laguia for Club Tijuana. And uh, that's the difference, I guess. You don't make the Laguia, they're going to find someone else. Pretty much. You go through two tournaments, you don't make it, you're, you're not going to last long. I remember some hope from my side with Oscar Pareja being announced with Club Tijuana, and it did not go the way I expected. No, I'm with you a thousand percent, you know, because I learned a little bit about what he did at FC Dallas and the way he was so involved with their structure, you know, with their academy structure at FC Dallas, and it really became a model not only for teams in Major League Soccer, but like Mark Cuban, who owns the Dallas Mavericks, was like, hey, what is this academy thing? We want to start thinking about that with regards to the NBA, as the NBA looks more and more to European soccer and soccer for uh, example of how it wants to grow its industry 
with the whole overlapping tournament thing earlier this week. In-season tournament, and it gives them a playoff spot? Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I love it. Kind of interesting. So, yeah, I, I mean, as they... You know, as Mark Cuban started paying attention to it. So I, I was a bit disappointed, a bit disappointed with the uh, Oscar Pereja era. Yeah, I made sure to give uh, European soccer some love this week. I do sports updates for a uh, music streaming app called Slacker Radio. And in one of the updates this week, uh, I made sure to point out that the NBA and other leagues in the U.S. continue to model themselves after European soccer, finding ways to just kind of pluck ideas. Yep. From European soccer and the tournament and the NBA potentially. A I like tournament how we the become NBA. the authorities on that because people around here at iHeartRadio are like, so tell me about what goes on in European soccer. What is this in-season tournament thing? What are these overlapping tournaments? What is that all about? I'm like, oh, okay, I, we got gotcha. you. Be careful, NBA. Pretty soon you're going to wipe out the playoffs. You're just going to have a regular season champion. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. And What's then gonna... an in-season tournament champion. Oh my gosh. And then they'll battle to open up the season the following year. They'll call it the Community Shield or something. I don't know. <laughs> something crazy. It is amazing. It yeah, is. let's get weird. Let's get weird. Um, I do want to talk about, as we uh, wrap up the podcast today, I do want to talk about something locally. San Diego, the locals, they have uh, opened up membership. Um, people can apply. You can sign up. There's a lot of good reasons to sign up to be a member. You get discounts on season tickets, which is a significant discount. It is worth it. Um, you also get a lot of access, you get insight, you get deals, and you get to be a part of the supporters group. There's a lot of good reasons to go out, sign up for them. I know they've already had triple digits. They tweeted that out. They had a 100-plus people sign up pretty much within the first 24, 36 hours of the announcement. I signed up over the weekend. I believe I was like number 90 or something like that, according to whatever my huge receipt was. Um, but that is something we wanted to bring up, and there was some news. We're finding... We're, we're finding out who the president is, the vice president. We're finding out some other roles with the uh, with the locals, the supporters group that's going to be sitting behind SD Loyal. And uh, so we at least wanted to bring that up here on the podcast. The president, Steve, someone that we know, Darren and I, we know just from being around the soccer scene in San Diego for the past several years. Uh, we see Steve, and you may know Steve from American Outlaws. You see him a lot at O'Brien's. I remember when the U.S. men's national team uh, hosted a game at... I don't know if it was the Q or whatever it was called at the time, but I remember the huge TIFO that was made, uh, Bruce Arena. I know uh, the Outlaws had were the group that put that together, so they have a lot of history uh, here in San Diego. But Steve being named the president, you know him from American Outlaws. He claims he's not a Chelsea supporter, but he roots for Pulisic every single weekend. So you tell me, Darren. It sounds like a Chelsea supporter to me. The vice president is someone uh, that came into studio, came to the iHeart Studios not too long ago. Drew Sturk, a Tottenham supporter who uh, misses Potch greatly. Um, he why? is the vice president. What do you mean, why? why? Misses Potch greatly. I wouldn't. Jose's done nothing but win. <laughs> He's done nothing but win. I don't uh, understand that. Have we have we moved on from Potch? I have a couple friends that have uh, that have like completely moved on from Potch. What are you supposed to do? I don't know. Show some respect, damn it. To, I mean, listen, it's not Pep Guardiola listen, you. <laughs> I'm not the one hanging signs at uh, at Hotspur Stadium with uh, Potch's sign right behind Jose. A big picture of Potch. It's not me. Funny. I just, it was for as shocked as a lot of fans were that Potch was gone. It's amazing to me how quickly some move on. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Drew Stark is not one of those guys. He loves Potch, I think. I don't think he's completely moved on to Jose that's yet. Nothing against Potch, but like I said, I mean, he got you to a certain level. But yeah, a level they've never gotten before. So Drew Sturk, the vice president, and then also the director of communications, Jerry Jimenez, is a uh, he's a professional beer drinker. Mm -hmm. He likes Golsh and uh, does a lot. He's now with the San Diego Soccers as well, but he is going to be the director of communications 
uh, for the locals. So you'll see a lot of tweets, a lot of stuff. But that announcement came this week. Uh, there are more names with other titles attached. Um, and I don't have the full list in front of me, to be honest with you. So I don't have a full list to give you. But those, That's are, okay. those I mean, are three. We, so we appreciate their support. These are people who have supported this podcast over the years. So we're happy to shout them out. And we're happy to just see uh, the the supporters group and the entire operation take another step forward yeah. in this regard. Yeah, because I feel like the next step really is what? Players? Maybe yeah, I mean, a, a coaching staff names, colors, kit. You know, all of it. You know, it's all part of a bigger picture here. To I mean, March is, listen, 2020, 2019's over. Yeah. Right? I mean, listen, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Like, your, your year's over. So mm. we're getting into 2020, you know, January, February, March. You and know, like, February is like a short month. Yeah. That's not like a long March month. March 7th is going to be here before 31. you know it. You know, you got to start scheduling friendlies. You got to start a lot. You know, you, you really got to, this is kicked into a different gear already. But like it's right around the corner. It's yeah. right around the corner. So this. some things that still will be announced here in the next couple of months. Um, players, obviously. Mm. And I saw some reports. I don't know if I should even call them a report. But there's some conversations of players maybe potentially signing here in San Diego. Uh, I don't have the details on it. But maybe we're going to start getting some rumors of players actually have some guys to uh, attach to the club. I'm assuming we're going to get... The uh, the kits are going to be unveiled rather soon. No, like we're gonna. That's got to be in time for Christmas potentially. I don't know. But one thing I do know is that uh, USL releases their schedule in December, and last year they did it around like December twentieth, right okay. around that bubble. December Sunday. So what's that? December is Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah. Which yeah. So the schedule is here. The yeah. schedule is here. We need players. We have the schedule. We're starting to find out who's going to be running the running the show behind the goal at Torero Stadium, and we'll get kits here soon. But and that, broadcast that's... outlets too. Again, uh, the official announcement for where you're going to be able to find these games in Spanish and in English, in radio and on television. I think all should be coming out over the next couple of weeks. Okay. I think that there are deals that maybe aren't 100 percent signed, sealed, and delivered, but deals that are agreed to in principle. For broadcast outlets, but they have to announce broadcasters. They have to announce where they're going to be heard, how you're going to hear them, all that yeah. sort of stuff. You want to, you know, you really want to start, and you don't need to do that in December. You know, that's more closer January, February, things like that. But again, March is March is right around the corner. So you know, to our our locals leadership here, you know. We're very excited to see what it is that you guys come up with here over the next couple of months. Yes, we are. 100%. We look forward to it. And like Darren says, it's going to be here before we know it. So, Anything else we need to get to today, yeah, I'm Darren? I'm going to uh, promote what's going on with uh, Peña Blagrana in San Diego. Because on Sunday at 12 noon, Atletico de Madrid, they are hosting Barcelona. And this is a, an important match for the La Liga standings. It's also an important day for the local Barcelona supporters group, which gathers at a restaurant, downtown restaurant bar called Serrano's. Great spot. Serrano Street Tacos and Bar. It is a fantastic spot. And I just saw a video promoting what's happening this Sunday from none other than San Diego's own Rey Mysterio. I don't know that you're a big WWE guy, Jordan. I've never known you to be one. I do know the name, Darren. But Rey Mysterio... There's a fundraiser associated with this watch party for Atletico de Madrid and Barca on Sunday, 12 noon match. But uh, we are, and I say we because I'm part of the Pena, this is an opportunity for us to do a fundraiser for the Autism Tree Project Foundation, which is a, a local 
charity that obviously deals with autism, local autism. So it's a great company. I've done a lot of charity events with them over the years. But if you could stop by, they're going to have raffles. Ray Mysterio, I think, will be there. Ray Mysterio also put together a gift basket. They will have gift baskets, jerseys, etc., things that have been donated to the Barcelona supporters group. So whether you like La Liga or hate La Liga or just want to be around a bunch of really, really fun, passionate soccer fans, Sunday, 12 noon, Serrano's Street Tacos and Bar, downtown San Diego. You can find it. You can Google it. Look it up on your your map. Head down there. 12 noon kick. Great food, great drink, and a great, great cause coming up this Sunday. The place will be packed and have a lot of fun. Very cool. I might see you down there on Sunday. Sunday, 12 o'clock. Um, again, just jealous of your 12 o'clock kickoffs. I'm That's looking good. at England, England's kickoffs for this weekend. Manchester City play at 4.30 in the morning. Good luck, San Diego citizens, waking up for that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this Sunday, maybe I'll see you down there. At 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock. In England, Darren, nothing really too substantial. Yeah, nothing really caught my eye this weekend in terms of like a match that you say, okay, there it is, right there. That's the one that I need to. If I'm only going to watch one this week, this is the one I'm going to watch. Yeah. And I mean, Tottenham becomes a must watch all of a sudden just because of the Jose factor, clearly. Uh, anytime Liverpool, Man City are playing, you're curious if either one will actually slip up. The answer is usually no. Uh, Chelsea play West Ham this weekend, which is. Probably going to backfire on me because I spent the entire weekend texting Tottenham fans, mocking them for their huge win against West Ham over the weekend. And uh, West Ham will probably knock off Chelsea this weekend. So I'm sure they're going to return the favor. Uh, but yeah, nothing really substantial for me in England that really stands out. So enjoy your Champions League, enjoy Europa League, and uh, and we get midweek next week as well. So I mean, you go. This is the time of the year now where everything gets compressed too, like late November, December, every Boxing Day, where you play so many matches. You know, mm-hmm. here come the cups, here come the Champions League matches. Oh my God, what a whiff! What a whiff! From one of the Valencia players. Oh, my goodness. That should have been a goal, Valencia, in the 19th minute. At any rate, I know you're glad that it's not. But you know, we'll get midweek matches next week. Champions League has to sort itself out over the next couple. Boxing days, like, yeah, a lot happening. Yeah, a lot a lot happening. And by the way, uh, just a quick shout. I don't know that you watched the Copa Libertadores final. I mean, Flamengo. I think one of the great things is this tournament. Flamengo, which trailed for almost the entire match to River Plate, scored in the 89th and then the 93rd. Same player. Scored both goals. I mean, talk about a smash and grab Copa Libertadores final. And then to see the streets of Rio de Janeiro, to see all the players who have played for Flamengo, Neymar going crazy in Paris, posting that on social media. Wow, what a... Smash and grab at that level. That's a heist. 89 and 93rd minute. For a trophy. For a a Copa Libertadores trophy. That's not a smash and grab on the road at Southampton for three points. That's for the Copa Lib. Yeah. That's a big deal. I mean, 89th minute equalizer and the 92nd minute, Gabby Goal. That's the guy's name. He scored both goals. Same player, both goals. Copa Libertadores. God, I love the tournament. It's good. I know. Very good. All right, Darren, let's wrap it up. I want to see if uh, Chelsea. Did you will see that whiff? Oh, my goodness. Today. We'll see. Prayers up. I do think they finish on the outside looking. Well, good in. luck to you. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving happy to you. Happy for you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And let Were me you? also just tell Jordan, let me just tell this audience here. First holiday card that arrived at the Casa de Smith came from the Caruth family. Happy holidays to you, Darren. Look at you. Look at me. Overachiever. Do you think I get any credit for that? I don't. No, I do not. I get zero credit. You're in the picture. I am. <laughs> me and Stanford are in the picture. We are there, yeah. Where will you be Monday when Lionel Messi wins his sixth Ballon d'Or? Um, where will I be Monday? 
Maybe here at iHeart. Mm. Maybe we should do like a live podcast. Uh, we could just man, very emotional. Periscope you watching Lionel Messi win the Ballon d'Or. How about your boy CR7 doesn't even want to go? He's not even showing up? That's sort of what's floating out there. Virgil van Dyke probably going to finish second. Deservedly so. I would agree. I think there's a, a case to be made for Virgil to win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. He's a great player. Yeah, he's probably better than Messi. I wouldn't go that far, but if we're going to just use the result of Champions League from last year, I mean, he's a great player. Virgil van Dijk's great. You know, this puts Frankie de Jong in a tough spot because that's his mm. his Dutch teammate, but Messi's, you know, Messi's yeah. his guy. I mean, you got to ride with the club there, right? You see the club way more often than you see the uh, national yeah, team. of course. Yeah, you ride with the club. All right, ride well, happy holidays. Are you going anywhere? Yeah, I'm going to Tennessee. Tennessee, baby. Yeah, which means I got to wait to like three o'clock for some of these matches. Brutal. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you're not even going to be here, Saw? Not ideal. All right. I'll fill in for you. Hey, thank you to Sport Clips. Thank you to Three Punk Gales. Uh, at Jordan Carruth, at D Smith Show. Follow the, the Unnamed Soccer Podcast on Instagram. And good luck to all of your clubs this weekend. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We appreciate you. We're thankful that you guys take the time to find this podcast each and every week. We'll be back with another edition next week.